I talk about friends and enemies and frenemies. Sometimes all three are the same company. A company that's a customer that you're doing development work with and that is also competing with you or partnering with competitors. That's just our world today. Get used to it. Hello and welcome to Healthcare Strategies Industry Perspectives. I'm Kelsey Waddell, Senior Editor of Healthpayer Intelligence and Multimedia Manager of Excelgent Healthcare Media. We're coming to you from Health 2023 as we chat with leaders in healthcare tech from across the industry. In this episode, our VP of Editorial, Kyle Murphy, spoke with Glenn Tolman, Chief Executive Officer of Transparent, about technology's role in solving the U.S. healthcare system's affordability problem and how to make health technology blend into the background so that the focus is on human care. Let's listen in. What I know you most for was all scripts. And now today you're at Transparent. What's kind of been your perspective on how healthcare has changed over what's it been two decades or so that you've been in the industry? And it's been two decades. Is it, yeah. Is it still more of the same with some technology added to the mix? Well, I think it is. If you, it's interesting. If you survey people today across America, what they say is healthcare is more confusing, more complex, more costly than ever before, and getting worse, not better. So that's not a very good report card for two decades of work. And if you go to large self-insured employers who we focus on a transparent, what they say is healthcare is more confusing, more you know, costly than ever before, and complex. And mainly costly because today we're at a crisis point where we cannot afford our healthcare. And this is not just about affordability. What's happening is that we will see in, in this generation cures for things that we never imagined. The question is, how do we afford them? And we're already seeing with the new diet drugs, they will break the bank in terms of affordability, and yet we know they work. And so the question is, how do we find the dollars? And the only way to find the dollars is to focus on the inefficiencies in the system. We've all heard 30% too many surgeries, 30% waste in healthcare. That hasn't been addressed, and that's what we need to do. And we need to be willing to challenge the status quo. But in healthcare today, too many people make money from doing the wrong thing. 100%. 100%. What are some of the, so you've named some inefficiencies. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with billing, insurance-related, administrative waste. How do you see technology kind of impacting some of that, maybe automating some of those workflows, for instance? Like, are there some easy wins kind of in the near term and then more long term? How else can technology kind of assist? Well, I think there are some easy wins. We've seen some efficiencies, but we have to do some restructuring, and that's going to be tough because, as I was saying, you know, if there's an old quote that said, if you ask a person um, to make the right decision and lose their job over it, they'll always choose the wrong decision. And that's where we are in healthcare. So we have a lot of people who are profiting from the wrong thing. So I think what we can do is move more and more back to individuals, to people, to what we call health consumers, to allow them to make the uh, decisions. And we see that happening in some places. In other industries, we've eliminated the bank teller. So yep. now money is accessible almost anywhere in the world at any time, securely. So we were able to do that for something that's pretty important to people, and that's their money. 
what else is pretty important is their health care, and yet we hear privacy, security, and it's all made up. We have the technology to do it. So we did that. In travel, we eliminated the travel agent. And, you know, now we have specialty travel agents, which do an amazing job. But for the average ticket, you and I would rather do it ourselves. We'd rather be more in control. If you think about Uber, you know, I tell the story of my daughter. We were in Washington, and, and we needed uh, to get somewhere. And so we walked out, and I said, there's a taxi. And she said, I'll Uber. And I said, wait, there's a taxi right there. And she said, it's easier. It's more secure. She said, I don't have to pay for it. But I think she meant, I was wondering whether it was my credit card or not. But it was hers. But she meant she didn't have to go through that whole process. It was, but what she was really saying is, I'm in charge and I like that. And that's what consumers say. So if we give people the information they need, and this is a big part of why we started Transparent. It's how do we make health and care more easy, more easily accessible to the average person. And that's high quality, affordable care. And that's, and the way you do it is you put it on their phone, you give them one place to go for all their health and care, and that's what we're trying to do. How do you balance that with obviously different demographics and folks who are used to doing things a certain way? You have a younger generation, self-service is everything no human interaction, and then you've got, you know, you've got your Medicare population, which is high touch. They want the human experience. I guess I imagine you have to support all those different modalities or ways of communicating. Is it a challenge to make everyone happy, finding who that, that average or that common denominator? Sure. Well, you know, it's an interesting question because when you talk about cross-generations, today essentially everybody has a, a cell phone, mobile phone, and everybody has a smartphone. And, you know, I know most grandparents get pictures of their grandchildren. They talk to their grandchildren using, you know, FaceTime or or another technology. Everybody in the country has been educated on how to use Zoom. So the idea that somehow certain groups of people are not basically technology literate, that's two things. One, there's some truth to that. So do we need phones that, you know, my kids make fun of how large the type is on my cell phone? Need to see like, the look, you could read that across the room. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so one, that's something. So some of that is about accessibility. But I don't think that's it. You know, there's, there's innovative programs for Medicare and Medicaid yeah. where people say it's better to give somebody a phone yes. and deliver services that way. Because if you think of, like, for example, telehealth. What telehealth did was make healthcare accessible to everyone in the country, no matter where they were. Rural populations, inner city populations, people who couldn't leave home, and particularly during COVID, people who were scared to go to a hospital or healthcare facility. And all of a sudden, everybody had access. And I think what technology does is it makes healthcare more accessible, higher quality, and lower cost. But we have to use it in the right way. And that's really the challenge. But we've done it in every other industry. You know, when I, someone a long time ago, they said, you know, I can't believe your youngest son has never been inside a bank. Like, <laughs> what kind of parent are you? So, so I asked him, I said, would you like to go inside a bank? And he said, what would I do that I couldn't do on my cell phone? And, you know, that's really the question today, which is how do we blend this wonderful technology with giving our in-person physicians, nurses, therapists, 
the amount of time they need. Right now they're on a treadmill. How many visits can I build? Instead, let's take care of the average stuff so our highly trained, highly skilled doctors, nurses, therapists, other healthcare professionals can do what they love to do. That is deliver care where, you know, you have to touch somebody. And that's never going to go away, but we can make it more efficient. I'm curious about the health literacy component. Uh, coming back to, you know, you talked about Medicare and Medicaid. There's a lot, uh, you know, payer involvement now in the care management space, whereas before they were just, you know, they were the payers. Whereas mm -hmm. now they seem to be trying to take a more of a leading role in trying to educate members and beneficiaries. Are you encouraged by some of the changes that are occurring on the payer side of the spectrum? Well, what I would say is that we don't have time. You know, often people say I'm a disruptor in the industry and we don't have time to rebuild the entire industry. So we have to find the innovators out there, whether they be payers, whether they be providers. And, you know, if you read last week about our announcement, we announced the first national independent provider ecosystem. And we took 10 of the largest, most prestigious, most well-known, highest quality provider systems, health systems out there. And we put them together in creating this national independent ecosystem, uh, which would deliver care more efficiently at a higher quality basis than was done before. And so it's doable to work with, and not everybody, some people say, I want to stay with cash pay. I don't want to do any risk share. I don't want to be value-based. There are those folks out there. That's their choice. We're going to work with the folks who want to improve the healthcare system. When you look at this kind of show and you see the different types of technologies, what do you look at? Where do you train your focus? Are there certain companies or certain capabilities that you see, oh, that would be a good addition to our platform? Sure. Do you see it more as kind of the kind of collaboration rather than competition in this space now? Well, I think there's two answers to that. One, when we're looking for acquisitions and mergers, we're looking for technologies in most cases. In some cases, we're looking for customer access, but technologies that actually will allow us to advance what we're doing. So 98.6, perfect example, and they kind of joke about it. We were doing AI before AI was exciting. And now everybody says they're doing AI. We happen to have a multi-year lead because of that $100 million investment uh, in that company. But in other cases, you know, I talk about friends and enemies and frenemies. And yep. sometimes all three at the same time are the same company. So you can have some, a company that's a customer that you're doing development work with and that is also competing with you or partnering with competitors. That's just our world today. Get used to it. You know, that's what it's going to be. Last question is just, uh, obviously, there are a lot of technologies. You know, healthcare has no shortage of technologies. Uh, you talked about AI. You know, there's, there's a lot of potential in AI, but there's also a lot of just mystery about what it can cannot do. I guess, what's your temperature? What's your appetite for AI and where, where it actually can prove to be useful, safe, secure, and lead to some quality improvements? Well, let's talk about two aspects of your question. One is... There's a lot of technologies out on the floor. And when we started Livongo, we partnered with General Catalyst. And we know we needed technology, but we also knew that we needed a deep understanding of health care, and in particular, because we started there, the diabetes space. Yeah. 
And there were a lot of companies with that deep understanding of the diabetes space. There are a lot of companies with great technology solutions like right back there on the floor. No one had put them together in a way that worked for the actual people we want to care for. And so it's not about the technology. Almost any time that you're talking about the technology, you know there's a problem. Because we don't say, oh, I used my phone and the chipset in my phone talked to these satellites and which satellites were you using? And no, we just say it worked. We don't get in our car and say, isn't this GPS amazing? We say, it just gets me to where I want to go. I don't even care how it works. That's when technology is used appropriately. And there's a quote above my desk and it says, technology perfectly applied is indistinguishable from magic. It just happens. And we don't know why. And it's just like at Lavango, we would call people and we'd say, we're just checking in. And they say, you call at the perfect time. And the answer was they were flashing red on a screen. We knew what was happening in their body sometimes before they did. And we would call and, they, and then we wouldn't say, can I help you? That means they're helpless. No, we would say, what do you need at this moment? Now they're in charge and they would tell us. So it's rethinking that whole interaction. But to do that at scale, the way we need to do it in healthcare, we need that technology on the floor. We just need people to put it together with a deep understanding of the experience that all of us have with our health and care. And that's what we do at Transparent. That's why there's so much interest in it. That's a beautiful way to end it. So thank you Great. so much for your time. Great. Really Thanks for it. talking today. Listeners, thank you for joining us on Healthcare Strategies Industry Perspectives. When you get a chance, subscribe to our channels on Spotify and Apple and leave us a review to let us know what you think of this new series. More industry perspectives are on the way, so stay tuned. This is a Tech Target production.